This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 222 with Sarah Lehoulier. Show notes for this episode, including all links mentioned in this episode and links to our sponsors and their discount deals for you. Please go to shamelessmom.com and click on episode 222. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Sarah Lehoulier has always been a busy bee. With a BA in English literature and a master's in sustainable development, she jumped from teaching English as a Peace Corps volunteer in Madagascar to managing donor-funded projects with a large nonprofit and then dove into consulting with Microsoft before striking out on her own. She currently designs Squarespace websites and writes copy for passionate entrepreneurs and small businesses. She's also the co-founder of Shop the Change, a web app designed to help consumers make value-based shopping decisions and support the brands working to make the world a better place. Her most challenging and rewarding position yet is being a stepmom to her stepsons who are seven and nine. She's deeply interested in social change, sustainable business, and creating space for conversations that improve the way we work and live on this planet. This was such a fun interview, and you will hear Sarah's magnetic energy from the very beginning of the interview. I loved hearing Sarah's story, and I really appreciate how she opened up about some of the less talked about aspects of stepmotherhood. I know you're going to learn some valuable lessons from Sarah's journey. Listen in to hear her share her unexpected journey into motherhood, the challenges of building an identity as a stepmom, how she worked through the isolation of being a new mother figure and a stepmom, how her entrepreneurial journey paralleled her journey into motherhood, and where she is now attracting all the right people at just the right time. So let's dive in with Sarah. 
Sarah, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have another Sarah here who spells her name the right way. Thank you so much. Me too. H's are ew. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So I'm excited for this conversation. We met not that long ago and I had such a fun time meeting you at a business event for moms called Business Among Moms. It was a monthly meeting and I can just tell you have your hands on all sorts of great things. But when we we were connected after the meeting, you reached out to me and you have a great story. I'm very excited to hear your story and learn more about you. Before we dive into all that, I want you to tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you are most excited about right now. Sure. Well, on a business note, I am so excited right now because I've been thinking about this lately. I, at this point in my career, enjoy all of the work that I am doing and all of the clients that I have right now, which is like huge. Yeah. Yes. I'm kind of channeling this woman that I know who's in Seattle and I, she's a great friend of mine and she once told me that she loves everything that she does every day and if she doesn't love it, she doesn't do it. And I feel like there have been so many times in my life where I just don't have the liberty to choose to not do something that totally, I don't want to do. <laughs> totally. So, I mean, there are pieces of my day where I'm like, oh, but still, I mean, I'm working with some incredible website clients and they're all doing such amazing things and I'm really excited for them and I'm you know, working on my startup and that's going great. And the kids are doing great in school right now. And just like, I don't want to jinx it by talking about <laughs> it. But like, I know that I've just given it the kiss of death, but you know, it's tomorrow smooth. it's all going to fall apart. It's, it's smooth sailing. I mean, yesterday I had a slight tantrum when I misread a ferry schedule and I missed a ferry and I had like a total breakdown, but no, that happens. So I'm glad I'm not the only Sarah without an H who has tantrums sometimes. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. I got on the phone with my husband and he was like, deep breaths. And I was like, but I missed the ferry. My life is ruined. Totally. (laughs) So I love your point about things in business going so well and finally feeling like you have the liberty to like attract the right people, but also say yes to things you want to say yes to and say no to things you want to say no to. That's a huge, huge leap for most people. And that takes a long time to get to that space. So I'm excited to hear about your kind of the evolution of your business that allowed you to get to a place where you're really building something that you love and attracting the people that you want to attract. Because I can tell you from my husband and I both having our own businesses for many years, that's not something that always happens. And some people never get to that point. So We'll talk more about that as we dive in here. Tell us a little bit about your entrance into motherhood because your story is a little different than some of our moms listening or probably many of our moms listening. So I'm excited to have you share your entrance into motherhood and what that looks like for you today. Sure. So back in 2014 or maybe late 2013, I'd never really dated a lot as a young person. I had a series of you know long-term relationships. And so in Seattle, I was like, I'm going to start dating. It's going to be great. And I went on OkCupid and I was like, you know, meeting all sorts of people. And it was just a little bit tiring. And so towards the end of that online dating mission, I got connected to a man who is now my husband. But we talked for a while. We met in person for the first time on Super Bowl Sunday when the Seahawks won. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like what a momentous meeting day. You'll never forget that. I know we can never forget our anniversary of meeting, which just happened. So it was just our anniversary of meeting. And he had been at the time working down at Pike Place Market at one of the fish vendors. So he was wearing like his fishy work clothes and he (laughs) had this like really long hair and a beard. And I walked in, I had just like left a friend's house. We had had a little party and, you know, he was different than anybody that I had ever met or dated or I don't know, talked to. So I was like, hmm, this is a thing. And then that night we got together and the rest is history, except. So in his OkCupid <laughs> profile, he did not mention that he had kids. And so oh my like, gosh. <laughs> he's whining and dining me and like we're going to all these places. And I think it was like our third date. We were out at his favorite sushi place, which is this amazing, wonderful sushi restaurant. And we go through the whole meal and he just seemed really nervous. And I was like, why is he acting so weird? Like, does he not like me anymore? What's happening? And he looked at me and he goes, I have to tell you something. And I was like, what is it? And he was like, I have kids. And I was like, oh, all right. Like, I don't know what he was expecting my reaction to be because I was, we had just started dating. I was like, hey, we're having fun. La, 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 la. It doesn't really affect how I feel about you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, don't worry. You won't meet the kids for like a year anyway. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Keep going. <laughs> like two weeks or three weeks later, he like sneak attacked me with the kids. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> I went to hang out with him at his friend's house and I roll up and in the yard, the front yard, there were these two little boys playing. And I was like, holy crap, those are his kids. And I was like, well, I guess this is happening now. And so, yeah, I have pictures of the first day that I met them. And they talk about it all the time now, how like they were scared of me when they first saw me. And then, I don't know, we just go over that whole, the past story all the time. But, you know, pretty quickly after that, he had a job in Auburn and the kids were staying with him. And then I... I very swiftly came into like a large caretaker role in their lives before we were even married. So it was a big jump. It was challenging. How old were the kids when you first met them? Three and five. So littles. Littles. Like littles, not super (laughs) (laughs) self-sufficient. No, not at all. And I never planned to be a parent. You know, my biological clock, it just never the alarm never went off. Yeah. <laughs> so I was never like yearning to start a family or anything. And, you know, I met them and I was just like, well, I'm going to do the best that I can with this. And I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> there have been days where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing at all. Like even now I've taken so many parenting classes and like read all these books. Good and- for you. I guess I feel clueless, but I've joined enough communities of moms now to know that it's not just because I'm a stepmom. I was just going to say, we're all clueless. Like, giving birth to them does not give you like this magical, intuitive, like instruction manual. I know it seems so secretive and like, uh, there just seems to be this like level of shame and guilt about talking about challenges of being a parent and things that you experience and feelings that you have that you feel aren't normal or, you know, and it just makes me happy to be in safe spaces where everybody can talk about these things, but also makes me really sad for people who feel like everyone else's lives are perfect and everyone is just doing great and their kids are eating all the food and going to sleep when they're supposed to. And (laughs) I don't know. I wish that the communities at large could have more open discussions about how challenging this is, because I think a lot of people probably feel alone. Oh my gosh. Yes. I actually am 
talking to a company that wants to partner on a campaign talking exactly about that like they basically are like we want to talk about how parenthood is miserable because (laughs) and like that sounds awful but that's the truth and it's only made worse by social media that makes it look so magical all the time yeah and so oh i totally agree and i can imagine from a step parent perspective that it feels even more isolating in certain ways because you might feel like hesitation or feel a little tentative about sharing your experience because you think oh, it's because I'm the step parent or, oh, it's because I like came to the game a little bit late or whatever. And mm-hmm. that has a whole nother multiple layers of, you know, discomfort and, you know, feeling confused about things. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I don't understand all of their biology. And then like, if they were biologically mine, would it be different? Or like, right. would I see some like mirror of myself as a child? But even now, like I've known them for four years and I do see things in them that, I can put back into myself when I was a child. Like, I think there are similarities between yeah. many <laughs> children. Not yes, just your yeah. oh, Like I see our oldest just getting really emotional about stuff sometimes. And I've always been a crier and like, I can't have an argument without crying. And I see that in him and I don't think he got it from me by right. any means, but I'm like, well, I understand what's happening totally. with you because that happens to you. And it happens to me. (laughs) And it also happens to me. (laughs) Oh, good. I would have been crying at the fair yesterday. (laughs) Oh, man. And I was just two minutes late. And then I accidentally yelled at the man who was in the ferry runway. I was like, I read the schedule. And he was like, ma'am, you didn't read it correctly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So the kids are now seven and nine. Yeah, it'll be nine next week, actually. Okay, okay. And do they live with you full time? Yes, currently they live with us full time, which is super interesting when it comes to personal space. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So entering into, I mean, you obviously knew really early on in the relationship that there was kids as part of the picture. How quickly did you adapt to that being part of your future that you maybe hadn't considered? Was that hard? (laughs) It was. I don't really think that I had that much time to give it that much thought. Like I was committed to my partner and I was, you know, in love and the kids were there and they had needs. And I just like, I did the same thing that I do in every other part of my life, which is like, I'm just going to do this all the way. And definitely I had fears going in because I was like, these are people's lives. (laughs) Like this is forever. Now I'm making this decision and this decision is for good. And I sensed the enormity of that, but I just, you know, it was like day to day, you just get into the day to day. And it's like, this needs to go, this one needs to go to school, this one needs to go do this, this one needs boots, we're just gonna go to Goodwill. Like, (laughs) right, I got into like, task mode. Yeah. And when I got out of task mode, and like, looked back, I was like, how did we survive that? Because I was still living in my house. And my husband was living in a different house, but I was sleeping there every night. And like, driving the older one to school every day in a different part of town. And it was like, it got pretty crazy. And I was think I was just like on high functioning, insane mode. (laughs) 
right, I just right. did it. I just did it because it needed to be done. Right. And you also don't have really a lot of time to process. Like that's a lot of transition and yeah. you don't have time to process probably on an emotional level when you're kind of like you said, like you're like, they need the boots. They need to get to school. They need like, it's just getting from point A to point B constantly. Yeah. And plus trying to make sure that they liked me, you know, like yeah. making friends with these kids and also having them respect me. So it was interesting. And then it took me like so long to make my first mom friend. And I was so lonely and I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, I'm in this like crazy town forest where I don't, none of my friends had kids. Yeah. Like most of them still don't now. And so I was losing my whole social network, my whole like in-person community right. because nobody wanted to hang out with kids. And then when I was able to hang out on my own, I was tired, you know, <laughs> like, want to go. Like, yeah, that. it turns out I'm not fun anymore, guys. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I felt like. And so when I finally met my first mom friend, I met her in the parking lot of the elementary school in Fremont. And I had stood next to these same parents every day for almost the whole year and nobody talked to me. And I was just like, what is, I was like, and I'm an outgoing extroverted person, you know? So I just felt like, what am I doing wrong? And I also, when I introduced myself to people, I was like, what do I call myself? I'm their dad's girlfriend. And like, I had no name and it didn't make sense why I was there. And yeah. it was just weird. And then I made one mom friend and then I made another really good mom friend in our neighborhood at Maple Leaf. And after that, she just like saved my life. <laughs> and I started listening to this amazing podcast called One Bad Mother, which also saved my life. And still to this day, I get a lot of strength from it. <laughs> nice. I've seen that podcast in many places. That's fun to hear a little a quick little review of it because I've been meaning right. to check it out. So I love that you share about making mom friends because also that's a common fear among all moms. Like that's not, I totally understand your situation being unique and that whole idea of like, what do you tell people your role is in the family and those kinds of things yeah. that's unique, but we're getting Vinny ready for kindergarten. And I totally have this fear around like, but what if like the families at the new school, what if the moms at the new school don't like me or what if I don't connect with them or whatever? And we're going to, you know, it's a K eight school. So we're potentially there for nine years. And yeah. like, what is that going to be like? And my husband's making fun of me because every event that we go to, I try to talk to everyone. We've yeah, gone to a too. couple we've gone to a couple of kindergarten events and he literally says zero words and I say 100% of the words. Yeah. And then he's like, wow, you're really working it. And I'm like, it's because I am so desperate to have kindergarten mommy friends. I feel the same. My husband's like, why do you tell everyone your whole life story every time you talk to them? And I'm like, I don't know. It just comes out. He's like, you're nervous, aren't you? I'm like, no. Oh my gosh. That's how I do it. That's totally me. That's so funny. We're twins. I am yes. such an oversharer when I'm nervous. One of the moms in Vinny's current pre-K class mentioned something about kindergarten. And I like totally word vomited this whole spiel around like where we're applying to kindergarten. And most of the kids in this pre-K class are going to go to public schools. And so I like for whatever reason shared that we were applying to this one Catholic school. And then I talked about how like we're going to church and how I might secret baptize him. And like, it went on to this huge thing. And I was like 20 minutes into it. I'm like, why am I telling her all this? I'm horrified by myself, but I don't know where to stop now. So good. Yeah, no, you have to do like a graceful exit. Uh. Yeah. And then you're like, I just way overshared and I don't know how to get out of this. And I just feel really uncomfortable. now. Well, the thing is, it only takes one because like, honestly, do we really have time to hang out with like 20 people? No, right. we do not. Right. And the kids have to get along. 
And so like, I felt so lucky when I lived in Maple Leaf, because my friend had two kids the same age as our two kids, and they all got along. And she was just my rock, you know, like, shout out to Mindy, if you're listening. (laughs) This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listener can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. That's so great. Well, and I think we all want to be accepted and we all want to be yeah. accepted by our peers and whatever peer group that might be. So that might be, you know, among a mommy peer group. And I think, you know, in the online entrepreneurial space, you have a whole nother peer group, which you and I both have being online. And so I think that there's just this common thread of like, you want to be accepted in whatever circle you're in. So when you join a new circle of motherhood, you want to have connection there. Yeah, totally. So tell us about how your journey in motherhood 
has paralleled your journey as an entrepreneur? Oh, so funny. Okay. So when you sent me your email, I was like, this is hilarious how <laughs> the parallels here are like, it's so fascinating. So I'll you know, let you... why did I try to do it all at once? Who knows? <laughs> I am a crazy person. So no, you're I... so strong and powerful. You actually did do it all at once. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> what has the toll been? So when I first moved out to Seattle, I was working for a consulting firm that put me into project management roles at Microsoft. And I was like, I'm supposed to love this. Everyone is so excited that I am working here and it is so great. And it was just like, I'm not suited to an office environment, if you will. Like, <laughs> I was once told in a job interview in North Carolina, where I am from, that I almost didn't get a promotion to this position because I smile too much. Oh my God. And I was like, excuse me? So then I decided that I was going to stop smiling for like a week and everyone asked me if I was not feeling well. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that in some environments, smiling and laughing are taken to mean that you are incompetent, which I fully disagree with. And I think that whatever, that's neither here nor there. So along this time, before I even met my husband, I decided I was going to start doing little side jobs. So I got on TaskRabbit and I did like a bajillion little tasks for people all around Seattle. I have not used TaskRabbit, but I've heard of it. So is that like running errands for people? And yeah. okay. Yeah. And so I did all sorts of things. I did like personal assisting work. I cleaned so many houses and I charged so much money for it. <laughs> people oh, really? do not want to clean their own houses. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's so interesting. So like through some of those connections, I actually met people who were looking for other things that I could offer, like website design and copywriting and more virtual assisting. And so I ended up kind of building a a preliminary client base out of this tasking because I talked to everybody all the time about everything. And so I got some of my first website clients from like cleaning office kitchens and (laughs) doing other random things. And so I started my business as mainly like a virtual assistant person or a project manager. And then I discovered that I went to a conference for systems thinking and I gave a guy a ride because he was from out of town and we were talking about doing things that you love and charging money for it. And I said, well, I've always been a writer, but I enjoy doing it. And so I don't feel like I should really be able to charge that much money for doing it. And he was like, are you kidding me? That's like the thing that you should be charging money for. Just because you like it doesn't mean that just means you're really good at it. (laughs) So that was kind of a mindset shift there. And then I moved more from things that I am only good at to things that I am good at and I love doing. And it took a long time to get used to charging what I'm worth. And I still am not I don't know that I'm valuing my time appropriately, but I'm, you know, it's a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, while I was transitioning from just TaskRabbit to like actual my own business, Busy Bee, that's when I met Adam and the kids. And so I was just, again, like task, task, task. They're in school. They're doing this. I have to do everything at once. And it was like, I seriously don't know how I made it through that time without going completely off the deep end. (laughs) Like, I'm sure there were times when I did. And I remember when my husband would be working long hours, and I had to do like homework time, 
with our older child, which is really stressful. I just remember being like, I don't know how to handle this tantrum that's happening right now. I'm supposed to be working. He's upstairs crying because he didn't want to try doing a math problem. Like, what do I do? <laughs> what do, yeah. I do? So I ended up that time, that particular time, I called a parenting advice hotline. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I usually will call my mom, but she's on the East Coast. And so it was like later there. And also, you know, my sister and I were just perfect children. So she really doesn't know how to advise me. All Sarahs are perfect, by the way. For anyone who didn't know, especially the Sarahs without an H, we are perfect. Many. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And so, and my husband's at work and I couldn't reach anybody else. So I called this hotline and I it was a very nice man to answer the phone. And he said, what's going on? I said, my kid is having a tantrum about homework and he's been crying for like an hour and I'm very frustrated and I don't know what to do. And he just talked me through it and it was really sweet. And so to know that those resources are there, totally. I was like, oh. I think I called them one more time, like in the next, subsequent three years. But that is so interesting. Um, do you happen to know like the name of this hotline? I would love to include yeah. it in the show notes. <laughs> it's called the Boys Town Hotline. And they also do other types of like emergency count. I think they also have a suicide prevention hotline and stuff, but they have a section for parenting like issues. So if you go to the website, don't get scared. (laughs) Is it Boys Town? The Boys Town hotline? T-O-W-N? It's not just for boys. I don't know why it's called that. (laughs) Very cool. I will link that in the show notes. And so, yeah, and then my entrepreneurial stuff, I was just like, oh, I need to make as much money as possible, but I don't know how to do that. And it took, again, so many business courses and online things and joined a bunch of networking groups and it was a lot. Before we dive deeper with Sarah, I want to tell you about a new sponsor we have, Songfinch. I'm so excited about working with Songfinch. I've had a really good time getting to know Rob over at Songfinch and learning all about his company and the great, cool work that they're doing to bring a lot of joy through music to people through personalized songs. So Songfinch is a personalized gifting company that brings stories, feelings, and memories to life through one-of-a-kind songs. With the option to have a song created from scratch or to personalize an existing song foundation, the Songfinch community of professional songwriters will handcraft the most personal gift you've ever given to someone. So with Songfinch platform, you can build a song from an existing foundation and give them a couple different pointers or tips and things you would like included in your song to just have a few personalized verses, or you can build completely from scratch. So I did this actually for a song for my mom for Mother's Day. Shh, don't tell her. So I got to build a song from scratch where I went in and I was able to share some stories about my family and some specifics that I knew would make my mom happy cry, because that's always the goal, right? You always want to make your mom happy cry. I got to select the song's mood, the genre, the vocalist type to shape the song's sound. And then I got to actually even select the songwriter who I wanted to use. So there's clips on the site where you can listen to different people singing and make a selection based on that. So you really get this very unique one of a kind song experience when you do the build from scratch option. There's a couple different ways to work with Songfinch. So you can, this is a perfect gift, by the way, for a Mother's Day gift, for maybe a friend of yours, a sister of yours, maybe your sister-in-law, your mom, such a sweet, sweet, thoughtful gift that is like no one else is going to be giving them, right? Who else is going to be giving them a personalized song? But it's also perfect if you have a wedding coming up and you want to have like maybe a slideshow with music in the background, this would be the perfect thing for that or maybe for Father's Day. So there's lots of different things coming up this time of year where Songfinch can definitely help you out. So when you go over to songfinch.com, you're gonna see that there's a couple different options. 
Personalized songs start at $99 and they're delivered within seven days. So super quick turnaround. The songwriting community of over 300 professional musicians is growing every week. When you get your song delivered to you, you get a personal URL called your story homepage where you can listen and download the song, read the lyrics and learn about your songwriter and have a place from which to share your song. So for the Shameless Mom Academy, we have a little gift from Songfinch. If you do your personalized song from scratch option over on their site, you can use the code shameless for 10% off your purchase. So if you want to use that code, just select the personalized song from scratch option. And then you can use the code shameless to get 10% off your personalized song. So definitely head on over to songfinch.com and check out the different ways that you can build music and build really personalized, beautiful songs and gifts to give to people that you love so you can make them happy cry. Again, that's songfinch.com and use the code shameless to get 10% off your personalized song from scratch. And be sure to listen to the end of this episode because we'll actually be playing the song that Songfinch created for my mom at the end of today's episode. So tune in for that after our interview with Sarah. So let's go ahead and dive back in with Sarah. I mean, that's what it is. It's just like constant baby steps. Yeah. I want to go back and touch on doing what you love and getting paid for it and kind of connect some dots there. Sure. First of all, I think it's so common for us to think that we can't get paid to do what we love. And so we think that like we have to do the thing we love on the side rather than make it our job and get paid for it. And I also think that because we if it's something we love, we think, well, we really love this and it comes easy. So like we don't have to charge very much because this comes easy. And if I'm going to make money, I should actually have to work really hard for money. We have all these weird constructs around it, around money and around being able to do what we love to get money. And I love the idea that someone pointed that out to you that they were like, oh, wait, you love writing. That's actually what you should be doing full time. <laughs> yeah, um, totally. I, I think that getting in touch with our zone of genius, which is a term I've learned through reading different books and being in parts of different business building communities and groups, but working in your zone of genius, that is where you should be spending most of your time to make money. So for example, if you are someone, so like for me, when I built my gym business, what my zone of genius is creating content around mindset for my members. My zone of genius at one point was creating the workouts and teaching the workouts. But as the business grew, my zone of genius, my platform got bigger and got more expansive. And I realized like, actually, I want my zone of genius to be and where I really shine is in messaging around Mm -hmm. how I'm talking to these women who are members versus needing to be the person who's there teaching all the classes. Like there was a time when that was my zone of genius, but that evolved. And so I think it's really important for us to recognize what our zone of genius is and then also be okay with really putting most of our time into the part that's the zone of genius and letting other people do other pieces of that. And so you can even look at this like in terms of household management. Like what's your zone of genius as household manager? If your zone of genius is like cooking the most amazing meals ever, awesome, do that. And then maybe someone else could do the vacuuming for you. Like, could you have a housekeeper come in once a month or once every other week or whatever? And like, you do the things that you're really good at. Maybe you're not good at any of the household stuff. And maybe your zone of genius is having a hobby that pays you money. So you can have someone else do that cleaning and maybe do the cooking for you as well. So there's so many different ways to look at doing the things that you're passionate about and getting paid for them. And that that's totally appropriate. Like we don't have to just work doing hard things that we don't like. Yeah. And that's, I think what we were taught, I'm not sure how old you are, but in my like growing up, that's what I expected a career to be. Totally. Yeah. You do the same thing for your whole life. 
even yes. if you like it. And that's, you know, my father was in a job that he didn't enjoy for so many years. And I had no idea how miserable he was until, you know, even just these last couple of years when he's having this resurgence and like a new career that he's really proud of. And I don't know, it's just like, I'm very excited to see this movement towards people leaving positions that they don't enjoy at least most of, you know? Right, right. Like I always encourage people, I don't always encourage people, but if people are on the fence about going freelance or starting their own business, I'm always like, do it, just do it. And then it's really, and I don't know why I, should, I shouldn't be so flippant about it because it is just really do it. Do totally it. easy. <laughs> I mean, you might make no money for a while and you'll just have no money to pay your rent, but that's fine. Right. Minor details, especially if you have kids. <laughs> yeah, they don't need, they can eat ramen right, for a right. while. Just come on. So I'm excited to see that community is flourishing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways to transition. You know, I've always been very strategic about my transitions where I'm not going to give up financial security to take a huge leap of faith. Like that's just not in my DNA. I know a lot of people who have done that and that has worked for them, but I'm just too scared that it wouldn't work for me. So I've always been very strategic about, you know, kind of transitioning slowly over time from one thing to the next to make sure that it's going to work out. And I think that there's definitely strategic ways to do that. So it doesn't always need to be a big leap, but just giving yourself permission to listen to that like inner voice of like, what you really want to do, what really gets you excited and fired up, how you want to serve people, all those kinds of things. I think it's really, really significant. Yeah, totally. And then with the, you know, I transitioned also to co-founding a startup too, which is Bootstrap. So I'm not getting paid for that, but I'm working. I mean, I'm getting paid in equity and love. (laughs) Yeah. Tell us about the startup. Sure. So I'm doing my websites and my words. So Busy Bee is the website copywriting piece. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing that. And I also, when I started the business, I called myself, I gave myself this ridiculous title, which I probably had watched too many videos about starting your business and being standing out. So I was something like, I was like a communications catalyst or something <laughs> ridiculous. Like I, it was not straightforward what I was something doing. Something that all. sounded really special, but no one yeah. knew what it was. You know, just call yourself a catalyst. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, I just catalyze a lot of stuff. So I was also doing marketing strategy and kind of implementation of strategy. So a man named Edgar found me a member list at the Impact Hub downtown in Seattle as a person who was a marketing specialist. And he had this idea for a thing that he wanted to start. And so he called me up and we started working together. And it became clear that the idea wasn't ready for a marketing strategy yet, but we just kept working together. And now it's become this amazing thing, which I'm really proud of. And we're creating an app that helps people make shopping decisions based on their values. So it kind of connects consumers to brands that align with their personal values in a way that's easy and simple. And all of the information is there. So you don't have to go searching for it everywhere. So that's what we're working on. Oh, that's so cool. Very cool. It's in a beta almost. So that's taking up a lot of time. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I do have to make some money for life. So I'm doing all the things, but I'm really happy with all of it. I like it so much. Nice. How do you juggle learning to parent with learning to start a startup and learning to run your own business? (sighs) I don't know if I ever really learned how to do it very well. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that. It was a juggling act. When we were first together, our older 
child was in kindergarten and the younger one was not in preschool yet. And so he was home with me. And even after he started preschool, it was only half day, three days a week, right? So he's home with me half days on the other days and then whole days on the two days. So that was a really hard thing for me to handle because I work from home and he was at home and it was like, play with me. And I was like, I can't, I can't play with you. Like I felt like such a jerk all the time because I was either you know, listening to a meeting, or I was participating in a meeting, (laughs) most of the time just listening, or I was like, you know, reading a business book or doing this. And then I would, you know, take little breaks and go play with him. But for the majority of the day, I was like, you're on your own, buddy. And you know what, he learned how to play on his own really well. (laughs) Yeah, so I've actually had my son home on holidays this year for the first time and not gotten extra childcare. So when his preschool is closed, he's just home with me. And it's really interesting. He's pretty independent anyways, but yeah, we do the same thing where it's like he goes and does one thing for an hour. Like I get him set up for something. It's like, okay, you're going to be over here playing with us for about an hour. I can pop in and do an interview. I can say like, if you need something, come get me. And then we shift gears and then like, we'll take an hour off to do something together. And then I go back and, but it's, so there's a lot of transitions throughout the day, but it's interesting how you can train kids to, and it depends on the nature of the kid, but you can definitely train certain kids to play independently. Yeah pretty well. It's interesting how that, especially over time, if you know that that's where things need to be long term, and it's not just you're just trying to get by for one day, then you set up a system around it and a a kind of a protocol around it. Yeah. And I wasn't, I'm like not into screens that much for the kids because one of them has like a screen addictive personality. Mm. So like he could just do it all day, all day. Yeah. And then they get all like, they're like little piss ants after they play video games for too long, you know, yeah. like they, yeah. they're just emotional and weird. And like, I don't know, it's it changes them. So it changes it their brain chemistry. And I don't like, I'm like, who are you? And why yeah. did I just let you do that for <laughs> two hours? And that was totally my fault. But now I'm mad about it. <laughs> ah. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. 
let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. What if some of the biggest challenges, I mean, aside from what we just mentioned, <laughs> what have some of the biggest challenges been in learning to parent while learning this entrepreneurial journey? I think a big challenge has been not having extra hands to help me that aren't mine and that aren't my husband's. So last winter, we had just moved out of Seattle. We were living in a new community. I didn't know anybody. And my husband was working really long. He was commuting back to Seattle to work. And I just felt like if something happened where, and I was going to Seattle also sometimes for meetings at Microsoft because I was still doing consulting there. And I would be on the other side of the bridge and Adam would be on the other side of the bridge and the school would call and be like, you know, Aaron is sick or Aiden is sick. And I'd be like, I am two hours away. Like I don't And so I eventually met some friends that I could trust here. But like that feeling of just having met someone and being like, can you pick my kid up from school? You know, oh, or like, and we still haven't figured out how to hire a babysitter. <laughs> 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 like also we're like, well, if we go out to dinner, then that costs this amount. But then paying the babysitter and then we're just like, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so like funny. balancing personal life and asking for help. Asking for help has always been really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always offering help, even when I shouldn't, <laughs> like, yeah. even when I have so much on my own plate. But I'm still not great at identifying what I need and where I need to ask for help from and then asking for it. So I always let things go so far. And then I'm just like, ah, I don't know what to do. Like yesterday when the fairy thing happened. <laughs> I mean, I should have known that that was coming and just been like, I should probably stay home today and you know, cancel this meeting. But it's still something that's really hard. So yeah, starting a business and having people de- and like depending on myself for income and then also not being able to depend on anyone else for help with childcare too. Yeah, those are big ones. You'll learn how to be a little more, how to ask for help a little more shamelessly, I think, as, um, (laughs) as the more desperate you get. (laughs) It's gotten better. And I met my neighbor finally after a year. Her kids started going to our school. So now she's around. Oh, good. Good, good. What have some of the best surprises been in learning to parent in the last few years and starting your own business? Well, a good surprise in business has been that I actually am doing it. It's really great and rewarding. And I feel very successful in just making the business that I have now and continuing to grow. And it's been fun and just learning about all my different clients. I just love them all. Like they've become friends to me. So that's been really nice. And then in parenting, there's so many little things that add up every day, you know, I get really tickled when I hear one of them say something that's like a phrase that I use frequently. That's (laughs) a phrase that you don't hear a lot of kids say. Like we talk to them using normal vocabulary, like adult vocab, not adult, like swearing vocabulary, but like (laughs) (laughs) sometimes we don't, but But like, not baby talk. Talk to them like a normal person. And so I'll just hear them say the funniest things. Like the other day, one of them was talking about having a conversation and he goes, and then I couldn't hear his reply, <laughs> like instead of saying his answer or whatever, right. he reply. And that just like, so cute. yeah, fun. 
stuff. And I need to, when my parents come and visit, they always say they're so funny. And I think that when I'm stressed and when I'm too much in my work, then I forget how funny they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to just remember that they're awesome all the time. And then sometimes it's just me that's being a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) They're always awesome. And sometimes the parents are not always awesome. (laughs) Yeah. How has your identity shifted as you've taken on these new roles? Uh, I've definitely become a parent. And that was a struggle for me to know how to say, because like I said, when we first met, I was dad's girlfriend. Right. And then I became stepmom. But something strange has happened in that, you know, step parents have no legal rights over their stepchildren. I'm not a legal guardian. So like I can't sign official documents. And if I want to take them to the doctor or talk about their medical care, I have to have one of their parents you know, say that I'm allowed to and stuff. And as the person who is in charge of most of those things, that's been really, really hard for me because I feel like a full flat, like I am a parent because I'm here all the time and I'm doing all the things. I'm the president of the things. Right. Yet I have president of the things. That's like the the best description of motherhood. (laughs) I know. And it's so, well, I can't take credit for that. That was definitely on an episode of one bad mother, (laughs) (laughs) but it's true. It describes it so perfectly. And to feel like I have so much responsibility yet I have no like if something happened to my husband, I would have no rights to the kids. I mean, I'm assuming there would be a discussion or what have you, but it's just weird. It's a weird position to be in. And then I imagined I got super morbid a few weeks ago and I was like, what if you died? Like what would happen then? And what if the kids like had to go somewhere and then would I not be a mom anymore? And I realized how much of my, I'm getting a little teary, how much of my identity has become that. Oh, totally. Totally. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I'm sure that the ways in which you've contributed to their life and they've contributed to your life makes you like intertwine in a way that could never be taken apart. And yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. So I love that you've really embraced parenthood and embraced the role of mothering. And I think that such an interesting consideration that I think so many people don't think about is that when you are in that role of step parent, and you are in it as full time as you are, and you have those limitations, like that's got to feel really limiting and frustrating sometimes because mm-hmm. you're being the president, like you said, like you're being the president, but you don't have all the power. Yeah. And not having control over certain aspects. I'm definitely like to, I'm a planner and I like to have everything scheduled out and I like to be in control of the things that are around me. And I, sometimes I just can't. Yeah. And it's really frustrating but I have also had to just become less like rigid, I guess. Yeah. Like I always thought I was really flexible before. And then I realized <laughs> that like, I am very routine. and My husband oh, is not. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so I was funny. like, I'm just like, I just go around and do stuff. No, I don't. <laughs> I plan everything. As it turns out, I am not spontaneous at all. <laughs> I'm not. So my I'm husband... sure some of my roommates could have told me that as like from earlier, but... Yeah, I am not spontaneous. And my husband, he's better than I am, but he's also not super spontaneous. So it's funny, when we were dating, he was more spontaneous than me. And there'd be times where he would be like, yeah, let's totally like, just go do this thing at like three o'clock on a Sunday. And I was like, it's like, but it's like three o'clock on a Sunday, like we're supposed to be winding down the weekend right now. Like we probably need to like go grocery shopping. And like, 
and it would be very hard for me to switch gears, but the, now that we've been together for so long, we both like, when we get last minute invitations to do things, we're both like, oh my gosh, like how, like how could we possibly, <laughs> like, you can't just ask us at like four o'clock if we can meet you for dinner at five 30. I mean, how would we even manage that? Like, we're both. <laughs> the world would fall apart. Totally. The road would crumble. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, we are like such old people. <laughs> oh, the same, I have seen that happen to my parents too. Like every year I go back and visit and there, somebody will invite them to something and they'll be like, just say, just make an excuse. Like we can't do that. That's crazy. And totally. We'll like, <laughs> the neighbors. Totally. I know. Totally. Oh, it's funny to realize things about yourself. It is. It is. You're right. <laughs> do you have self-doubt and what does it look like and how do you manage it? Oh, yes. I have <laughs> much self-doubt. I am not great at dealing with self-doubt. <laughs> like I tend to like rationally, I can think rationally, but I'm also a very emotional person. So I have a lot of trouble separating my emotions from my rational thinking. And I have a tendency to kind of spiral out of control very quickly with my thought patterns. So like yesterday, for example, I screwed up. I missed the ferry. It was my fault. But then all of a sudden, my brain is like, and this and that, and you don't have any clothes to wear that are nice. And you <laughs> like don't know how to do this. And like you have to do the laundry and you're bad at being a parent because you said this to so-and-so this morning, you know, like it just went on and on. And my inner voice was like, Bleh. and I was like, shut up. <laughs> it's like so dumb. And like I found through the years, through my years and years of life, I need that catharsis to happen. Yeah, It's like, it needs to come out. I can't keep it in there. It just has to go somewhere. I have to say a whole bunch of really stupid stuff. And it, hopefully no one is around me. <laughs> but like, sometimes I need someone else to hear it. And for my husband, that's been really hard for him because I'll just like go on this self bashing thing for like 20 minutes. And then I'm fine. Like I'm over it. Right. But he's like, why do you do that? Why are you? Like, why do you say all those things? And I'm like, I don't know, but I don't mean them. And they're gone now. So goodbye. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really weird. And I should probably do more meditating and putting things in a purple flame, which is what I think I'm supposed to do. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. So funny. I try to make it shorter. I'm just sometimes you need a good cry. It's true. Know? It's true. And like a real one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's through that, like, sometimes that's just a person's way of processing can be through like that mental spinning chaos. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, okay, I'm done now <laughs> versus like yeah. stuffing it for like six months or a year or a lifetime or whatever. So yeah, we all have our ways. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm working on learning how to not unload it onto other people who then keep it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's not nice. <laughs> just put this in your bucket. It's gone from mine now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of done with it. It's a little heavy. <laughs> yeah. Now you can take it and make it your own. Right. <laughs> Let me put a bow on it. Here's a bunch of poo for you. Right. <sighs> so tell us in what ways, and you've already listed a number, but in what ways are you a shameless mom? Oh, well, I'll tell you what. Sense of fashion has just really gone <laughs> to the comfort level. <laughs> like I do remember, and I don't know if this has to do with being a mom or working from home, because I probably started to do this right when I started working from home. But like the comfort movement, I'm all about it. I don't understand like 
people who have to wear a suit to go somewhere. Why? <laughs> Uncomfortable. So I like to stay open with things that are going on in life with other people in my communities without being a downer about it. Like I have a blended families group that is a subgroup of the One Bad Mother Facebook group. And one of the members suggested doing this thing because there's a lot of venting, as you can imagine, that goes on. But we wanted to make it kind of even it out a little bit. So we started this weekly like plus minus thing where you say a couple of pluses and then for every plus you can say a minus, but mm. you can't do just minuses. <laughs> right. Because it's sometimes you need to really dig to find the pluses, but then when you see them, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's obvious. Mm. But yeah, I'm trying to be shameless in my honesty about this journey, but without being like a complete Debbie Downer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Poor so, Debbie. I Why know. Poor Debbie. So mean. So I want to do our shameless mommy minute, which is our lightning round. But before we do that, can you tell people where we can find you and where they can connect with you? Sure. My website and words website is thebusybee.me. And for my startup, our website is at shopthechange.com. And we're also on Instagram and all the places you're supposed all the to places. be. Oh, great. Yep. So I will have that all linked up in the show notes over at shamelessmom.com. And if you want to connect with Sarah over anything, you can you know reach out to her. But also, especially if you're looking for someone to help you with your words and website kinds of things. We have so many moms. I've been getting tons of feedback from moms who are start I actually just today, like right before getting on this call, I got a message from a mom who's like, after listening to one of your episodes, I decided to start my own blog. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I feel very responsible for this. <laughs> this That's is so stressing funny. me out. <laughs> so, and this actually is starting to happen kind of routinely, <laughs> which is so exciting. And I love it that people are following their passion and they're doing the things yeah. that they're good at and living in their zone of genius. But oh my gosh, I also feel this like tremendous sense of responsibility. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, well, that didn't work. Thanks a lot. Right, yeah. right. So, so <laughs> for those of you who are starting new ventures, you can pop over to thebusybee.me for Sarah to help you out a little bit. So All right. Funny. So shameless mommy minute, let's start with what is your favorite way to treat yourself? If I could choose anything to do in the entire world at any point in time, I would go have a float in one of those float immersion tank things. Oh my gosh, someone just told me about that oh, yesterday. I used to do it all the time. So good. I was dreaming about it yesterday. I'm pretty far from them now, but I used to go in Seattle all the time. That's like ultimate self-care for me is like so, being yeah. in a warm, dark floating place with silence. <laughs> Someone just told me about their first experience yesterday and she said it was like, this will be my new addiction. She said it was yeah. so amazing. So I need yeah, to check sure. this out. Do it. Current book that you're reading or the last one you read? I just finished The Soul of an Octopus by oh. Cy Montgomery. It's a nonfiction book about this researcher that goes and like spends all this time with these octopodes, octopuses. It is so good. It's so well written. And I like at the end, no spoilers, but I was like weeping at the end. It's so good. And I usually don't read nonfiction. I'm also continuously reading all of Mary Oliver's poems and essays because she's just like my spirit animal and I love her. Very cool. What is one morning ritual you can't live without? Coffee. <laughs> of course. If you're in Seattle, like you have to say that. <laughs> uh, who is your biggest inspiration? This is a tie. This is a tie for both my parents because they're the biggest inspirations in different ways, but they're both really 
just doing the things that they love, which inspires me to do what I love. So my mom is a quilter and she makes these beautiful memory quilts for people and she never charges enough because she enjoys doing it. So we have that discussion all the time. <laughs> and she just creates these beautiful memories for people of, you know, with t-shirts or clothing that of lost loved ones. And so I just love her. I just, and she's she just, so cool. she's so Zen. Like she's the most Zen person I know. My dad is more like me and that he's more like, blah. So he, <laughs> My dad is also following a new career path where he's getting out into the world. He's an heirloom tomato expert, but he's written a couple of books and now he's starting to do like webinars and courses and all of these Stop. things. Just that is really so jumping cool. into it. I know I'm so proud of both of them. And I just, yeah, they're great. Oh my gosh. I have tried to convince my mom that quilting is her passion for like, <laughs> for like 10 years now. She's not buying it at all. Like she is not, no, it's not <laughs> happening. So oh, good. Um, if you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, you know, I was thinking about this. I was going to say either a cloning power to make another mm -hmm. exact replica of you yes. for a limited time, not forever, or <laughs> the capacity to not hear <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Just like earmuffs, the earmuff power. Yeah. yeah, the earmuff power. I love that. We've not had anyone say that. That's a good one. I love it. Especially well, I with loud kids. I was going to say, especially with like two little boys, I'm sure there's times where, you're just, where that, so those earmuffs would come in very handy. Or like an autoresponder. That's the last one. Like a, if you're hearing a really boring story and you oh. can, it's like an autoresponder in your head where you're like, thank you for sharing that. Or that's great. Or it's something other than, uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so great. Well, Sarah, this has been so fun. I really, really appreciate you spending time with us today in the Shameless Mom Academy. And I want to keep in touch and hear about other things that you're doing down the road. So definitely come back and share with us in the future. Yay. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. So fun. We will talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with Sarah and me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I appreciate you being here. I know Sarah does as well. And you can definitely reach out and connect with her. If you go over to the show notes, there's links to connect with her over at shamelessmom.com. Click on episode 222. If this is your first time joining us in the Shameless Mom Academy, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday. So we'll be back in just a few days with another episode. And make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the show. Go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review, where you will drop into Apple Podcasts and you can click on the subscribe button. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps the show so much. In addition to helping the show, it helps us touch and reach more shameless moms, which is the ultimate goal. So I appreciate you writing a review, even if it's just a sentence or two, letting me know how the Shameless Mom Academy has impacted your life. Again, you can do that over at shamelessmom.com forward slash review. I hope you learned something new today. I hope you can put it into use immediately. And no matter what you do today, I hope you do it shamelessly. I don't think you understand how much everyone looks up to you You never fail to go out of your way whenever somebody needs your help Oh, You're gardening in roses, or as beautiful as you You bring the life right out the ground and everything you do
to all you do and how much we adore you. Join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. <laughs> 